so th- thank you for listening to this uh, this podcast. This podcast um, session uh, is from the entry uh, sessions from June 2021, and uh, this this one the topic is about uh, ESRs, um, which is actually we complain a lot that we use too many acronyms. So an ESR is an early stage researcher, and it actually changes in time what that means. So what it means in the EU now is uh, basically uh, PhD students. Um, so we're asking the question uh, to the PhD students in the entry project, which uh, is a Marie Curie uh, fellowship program. Um, why did you choose a PhD? And uh, and is that for good or for bad? Or um, what was your rationale? And basically what your next steps might be in your career? Um, I said when this project started that the fact that we wrote it and, and we were we were given it, um, um, there was 15 PhD students um, were employed, but many, many others had applied. Um, and actually some of the people who weren't employed got in this project were employed in, in, in other projects around that. Um, and uh, well, anyway, my statement at the beginning was doing a PhD in any case will change your life for the good or bad, but doing it like this in a Marie Curie Fellowship where you actually have to leave uh, the, the country where you were living in before, usually your home country, to another country definitely has a massive impact on your life. And again, it's not it's not necessarily a positive thing, but we hope that there's lots of positives taken out, out of that. So I guess we'll go, Max, maybe you, you can fill in where I missed. He's, he's nodding. Yeah, yeah, definitely I will follow. So I fully agree with that. Just recently, I was listening to a radio show, uh, which is called The French from the uh, Foreign Country. And that's their usual topic to have French living abroad, uh, telling their experience of uh, that. And uh, I'll see whether you back up that. But a lot of them say that the beauty of leaving your own country is also realizing what is not so bad in your country of origin, actually. Uh, <laughs> this comparison is also... Because French, in particular, French like to critical about their own country probably a lot of uh, others have the same feeling and leaving it uh, sometimes makes you realize that not everything is that bad where you are so yeah and we have an extremely multicultural um, um, or let's say multi-geographical um, 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 uh, uh, PhD students here also the PIs um, and the good thing about the Marie Curie, it doesn't limit people to apply from within Europe. They can apply also from outside of Europe, and we have quite a few people who applied also from outside of Europe. But their, but their cultural um, experiences are then a, a, often a bit more extreme than people who live in Europe, because generally people who live in Europe know a little bit about the other European countries. So we'll just start um, one by one, and uh, you don't have to talk too much if you don't want. I guess topics will come back up, and we can come back to you. So uh, if you want to talk, um, just for, for myself and Max, maybe you can make your camera on. So uh, we'll start with Sarah. Uh, Sarah, what it said, as I, it was my pronunciation. <laughs> so Sarah, let's, let's hear, why did you choose a PhD? Um, immediate feeling, I know you're not, possibly, you're not finished yet, but are you, are you happy you did it? And, uh, and maybe just a quick few comments about your next steps. Yeah, thanks Paul. And thank you for pronouncing my name after three years correctly. That was really big progress. <laughs> thank you. So actually, for me, Marie Curie PhD position would be the best option because at the same time, I left my country 
And I found many friends from all over the world. Well, maybe you tell the audience which country you left and which country you moved to, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Iran. So I've lived in Iran and now I'm in Vienna, in Austria. And I've worked with people from all over the world in students and PI supervisors. And it has been a big experience for me during this time. So thanks to these kinds of projects. The reason that I chose to do the PhD was that at the beginning, I was thinking that if I do a PhD, I would do a really big project and I would be like the people who I was always following in the papers who are working specifically in endothelial cells and publish really, really good research reports and things like this. By doing a project, PhD project, I learned that it's not only important to grow in the field of vascular system or endothelial cells, the importance is that every small step that you take is valuable. And the value of science is just taking right steps and finding the good answers to the small mistakes that you could have never imagined you could make them. And I think for me, it was the biggest lesson. So maybe we can continue and then if something reminds to my mind, I will come back. Yeah, maybe Max, myself and you moderate this uh, together uh, so we have a nice complement of, of our characteristics. Um, I, I, I'll just do the next one. So I'll move on to Sarah then with S. So it was why you chose to do a PhD and some other questions. I'm sorry. Well, there's three, there's three kind of we want to get out of this. So why did you do a PhD? Were you, were you satisfied? Um, did it meet your expectations? And what are your next steps? But not necessarily all in one go. So you can address any one of those things. Or if you want to say something completely different, slightly on topic would be good, though. <laughs> so, yeah, the, for me, why I chose to do a PhD during my master's, I always, like, a lot of people coming from biomedical sciences going are pursuing a PhD afterwards. And so during my master's, a lot of people were already thinking about that. And I asked myself the question, okay, do, would I like to do that? And some people told me, okay, if you like doing research, you should consider going for a PhD. And then how did I get to doing a PhD in a European project? It was also actually just one of my colleagues who mentioned, look at this amazing looking IPSC. Um, PhD project within Europe, um, Marie Skotowski-Curie Actions Project. So you will have a lot of different colleagues and opportunities and trainings. And that's um, how I decided to, to, to start doing a PhD. And then for me, maybe on why I, or where I come from, I come from Belgium. And where did I do my PhD? Uh, in France, in the north of France. So the cultural change was not that big. And also I was the closest to home um, of all the PhD students. But still, there was a, it was also a great time of personal growth. And I've been looking back to the start of my PhD during the last days, and I realized that I've learned a lot, but not only on scientific level, but also on personal level. So that was a great experience. Yeah, just to add on, on that, uh, you did your PhD in my lab, North of France. But uh, you had a master with some experience in IPSC in brain cells, and then you apply for a very fancy position in a famous lab with a very good PI, uh, which was not mine, of course. <laughs> and this one was in Switzerland. 
And it's only because uh, Marie Gabriela opted for uh, someone else that I got the pleasure of having you in my lab. So next uh, speaker will then be Ivo. And Ivo, you will have to remind everyone uh, who you are, where you come, came from, which is already uh, quite challenging to identify already, and where you did your PhD. So my name is Ivo Jibrowski. I come from North Macedonia, which is a small country at the north of Greece. When I was 12 years old, I had the privilege to move to France with my family. And I basically grew up in, a, in an international environment. So when, when you start adopting the international culture, you kind of get used to being in an international environment and you want to stay there to meet people from all around the world. Um, then I, I studied biology during my university degree. And uh, I chose biology because I was interested in uh, aging particularly. And uh, during, during my courses, I found out about stem cells, particularly this one paper about making cerebral organoids from iPSCs by the scientist called Madeleine Lancaster. And uh, when I read this paper, I was completely mind blown. And uh, I knew I wanted to work in this field in stem cells. So I purposely chose my path to end up working with stem cells for my PhD. And for this, I, I did a master, my master's internships in stem cell labs. And uh, once, once I got to the PhD stage, I, I was just sending random emails to people all around the world, to, to people that work with stem cells that I would like to be part of their lab. And uh, by chance, I emailed Lau, who, uh, who was part of the IN3 project, and, and he, he gave me this opportunity. And I can say that it exceeded my expectations by far, because not only did I stay in an international environment, because I did, I did my PhD in Newcastle, and uh, the UK is, is full of people from all around the world, because pe people generally speak English, so they choose uh, the UK as, as their first option. And, uh, and yeah, the, the traveling, going in different labs, learning from different people, the whole experience for me was, uh, was absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's the case for everyone because we're quite lucky to be in, uh, in such a consortium to, to be able to share knowledge. And, uh, and yeah, for me, it was a very, very positive experience. It, it exceeded by far my expectations and, and I'm, I'm very glad I did it. And I will definitely continue uh, working in, in, in science. Uh, recently started a, a company called In3 Solutions to continue uh, this legacy of, of In3 project. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I I'm definitely planning on, on continuing work in science and with stem cells. So for me, it was great. That's my, my experience. So then we will have uh, Carolina. Hi there. So I actually didn't want to do a PhD. <laughs> so I finished, I'm, I'm from Portugal. Uh, so I did the bachelor and the master in Portugal. And then I stayed one year in the lab that I did my internship for the master thesis. And I was like, well, no, this is not for me. I don't want this. Uh, I mean, in Portugal doing science, I mean, there's great scientists, don't, don't take me wrong, but there's 
not a lot of money uh, that is put into science in Portugal, crisis, yada, yada. So it's a very, very competitive uh, environment and that doesn't necessarily bring always the best on people. So I was like, yeah, no, uh, maybe not for me. I still wanted to stay in science. So I ended up by doing an internship in a startup in uh, Spain. And then I had also the opportunity to do an internship in the Joint Research Center from the European Commission. And once I was visiting a friend and she was like, ah, uh, I do, I'm doing this PhD. It's very nice because I get to travel a lot and I'm in contact with people working in different areas and it's very nice. And she was actually doing a Marie Curie. And I was like, well, if it's to ever do a PhD, I think it's this one that I want. And this was in 2015. And then I was in the, the Joint Research Center and I, Susanna actually, that is also here, she told me about the entry project and that I should uh, apply. And I was like, well, I don't know. But in the end, I was actually looking for a position for after that trainship and all the positions I wanted to apply to, they required the PhD. So I was like, okay, let's give it a try. And it actually was the best decision I, I made in my life, I think, <laughs> because um, I got the position, luckily, thanks to Manigav that uh, she accepted me. And it has been a great um, opportunity to work with people from different backgrounds and not only scientific backgrounds but actually cultural backgrounds that I'm European as Paul said we are very used to the European environment and although we are from different countries it we are very similar and we share a lot of history together so we can basically enter in a conversation uh, very quick we just need ah that thing that I learned in history like 15 years ago and then we start, but actually learning how to communicate with people from different cultural, like really different cultural backgrounds, it's been one of the best of this project. And also being learning how to uh, work with people from different uh, scientific backgrounds, like people from in silico. It was the first time I had to explain what I do in the lab to people that never been in a lab. And I mean, they know the theoretically what we do but then to explain what we do in our daily day it's it's very interesting and it was not easy but I think we did a good job on that so I'm very happy that I did this uh, that I'm in this PhD I hope to finish it soon <laughs> and I think it will give uh, me an advantage in the market because I don't want to stay in academia so I hope that being exposed to this environment helps me find a job after and research and development. And if I have to ask, well, in Roche, if, if we are here talking in France. Well, thanks, Carolina. I, I mean, I guess that's nice what you said, because I, I guess that's one of the main motivations from the EU to have these Marie Curie uh, training networks, especially on, on, on the PhD level, is that people go and live in, in other countries, either neighboring countries or countries far away, um, and, and are exposed to the, the culture there, the history there, but also to other cultures because usually these labs are multicultural and, and have different people from different countries, even European, but also outside living there. So, you know, kind of a, a one, uh, you know, one world uh, 
policy in in a way, but I, it might be like that at home anyway. You, you might, if you worked in a lab in Portugal, you probably would have met people from different countries. But it's very different to live in a different country. Mm. Um, let's move on to um, uh, Christian. So, what's your your feelings on any of those things we're talking about? Um, okay, cool. Uh, so, I am from Croatia, and my project uh, is was in Italy, and I'm still um, working on my PhD. Hope to complete it uh, soon. Um, we will see how it goes. Uh, and so, well, one thing I want to start with is that maybe wasn't emphasized enough. The PhD that we were doing here is very different from a regular PhD. But, uh, but um, for example, very big emphasis in the project was uh, in the collaboration between different labs and in um, uh, integrating in vitro in silico. I don't think this is uh, the case for most uh, people that I see around that are doing their PhDs. Um, so um, this was um, very interesting for me. And um, when I applied for this position, I was also uh, having similar thoughts that I, I wasn't necessarily... I didn't necessarily want to do a regular PhD. Uh, I was very interested in the concept of this collaborative experience. And uh, with, uh, with that, I was very happy in this project. It, was, um, it definitely met my expectations. And I guess it was, it was basically what I expected. It was, um, I, I, would say, um, I would say, very challenging in a good way. So uh, that was really great. And um, well, another point, um, that I don't know whether everybody would agree, but for sure, I think Car Carolina mentioned something similar. Uh, the cultural aspect of this, I don't think was very, um, I mean, within Europe, I feel like um, it's very uh, similar in some sense um, in most places. And um, for me, when I applied um, for the position, and as I said, I was applying specifically to several Marie Curie uh, projects. I was in Australia. And um, even at that time, I felt like the whole um, cultural aspect between Australia and Europe is like very, very different. And then within Europe, all of these places uh, have similar vibe. So therefore, the cultural challenge was not, um, was not very, um, I mean, it wasn't something very... Uh, specific for me, um, but for sure, I mean, for people coming outside of Europe, it was much bigger challenge. Um, and I mean, that was just something interesting that uh, that I wanted to point out. Yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Christian. Max, back to you as as moderator. Yeah. So next will be Cormac. Then. So I'm Cormac. I'm from Ireland originally. I'm doing my PhD here in Amsterdam with Paul. And um, there's no, there was, there was, that was just a complete accident, right? Yeah, I, to be perfectly honest, now he'll get insulted by this, but I didn't know Jennings is an Irish name. So I did not know he was Irish when I applied for it. That is insulting. Thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but, um, but I, I, start, I started off in my undergraduate in zoology and then in a developmental biology lecture, fell in love with the IPS cells as many others who've 
heard about it here. Uh, and then I was faced with a challenge of, I knew all about uh, animal migration and sexual selection and a little bit less about cell culture. So um, I went on, did a, a master's and then an internship in actually a partner organization here in BioTalentum. And when I saw there was a there was a Marie Curie project with a IPS cells, I jumped at it. And um, my initial worry when I came over here was first being able to pronounce half the words in my project title. And my four years on, I can basically get glomerulus most of the time. But um, but I was really expecting to like I was expecting to learn loads loads more new cell culture techniques, loads more new about the science side of it. But what I wasn't expecting so much was how much other things I was going to learn when I started. And from right from the bat, I showed up here. And what was the first thing I had to do? I had to set up help set up the first meeting to uh, arranging uh, arranging talks and hotels and all of these different things, which. I, I initially thought, oh, this is an interesting thing that won't really come up again in my time in uh, my, my, my time in science. But actually, that kind of organization of uh, of groups and of of conferences has come up again and again, and is actually now um, I'm working with Evo is now part of a, a spinoff business that is coming from the the in three. So it's so I would say starting a PhD, you might expect one amount of skills that you'd learn, but it's actually a huge, you, you become a much, uh, you end up having to learn an awful lot of different types of skills, which can be useful in all sorts of different walks of life. And I mean, as we've kind of said, the in, the this in three group is kind of feels like a different type, or a, well, it feels different to me, but I, I've not done another PhD, but the fact that every week I would talk, to, we would talk all together. What I didn't just have a very diverse lab in the one I was physically in, but it felt like I had this lab all across Europe that I was communicating with everybody at all the time. And then a year ago, suddenly I was communicating with my lab that I was quite close to in the same way I was communicating with uh, you guys from the N3. So when kind of the rest, of, I kind of felt like the rest of the world stopped, we kept going and um, kept working on things, admittedly in kind of disrupted or odd ways, but I kind of felt that we kind of had a leg up on where everywhere else was because we'd already had this idea of I don't need to be right next to you to be part of a uh, to be part of a lab or part of a group. That's a reference to COVID, just in case anybody. Oh uh, yes, in, in in case in the year twenty two fifty, the you discover this podcast there was a pandemic last year ongoing. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got to say. So last but not least will be Susanna. We have some more well, uh, people if they turn their cameras on. There is, uh, I think, I see Shreya and Liaris and Anna as well and, and Leone and Vidya. They just don't have their cameras on. So Susanna, you're not last, I hope. Okay. No, I will talk in a no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, why did I start the PhD? So um, I did a master in pharmaceutical <laughs> uh, sorry i did a master uh, in biopharmaceutical science because i thought there would be more um, money there 
But actually, I realized when I was doing my thesis that I, I still liked the actually uh, the toxicology field because while the, the biopharmaceutical is really about uh, drug development, I thought actually what about the prevention of the problems? And that's what I really got compelled in toxicology, actually understanding what causes the diseases or uh, most of the health issues. And, uh, and I thought also because it's then not just focused on humans, but it's focused, I mean, you can really transport that for the whole environment and animals. And I always was in between this health, but actually of the whole ecosystem. So I did my master thesis and um, and then because, I mean, as Carolina said, I mean, I was, I, I had the idea more that I wanted to do a PhD, but I, I knew that it was not going to be in Portugal. I think both for money reasons and I thought, I mean, even if you have good scientists, if you don't have a laboratory with good resources, it's very tricky. I mean, it can be amazing work seven days a week and still not get the same results. So I actually applied to also for the trainship in a GRC and uh, and it was really nice because still there and I only did in vitro work, but uh, the internship was just about uh, working, basically programming in R, which I never did. So, but it was so nice that they actually gave me the chance for five months just to work on this and learn about kinetics. Uh, and I think, I mean, this was really the reason why I got in the PhD, because then I, for coincidence, I was looking for PhDs in Netherlands, because I heard it was a good a country for doing the PhD in terms of monetary reasons, uh, but also it's a really good country, I think, for toxicology and environmental science area. And for a coincidence, I actually found this PhD uh, position in Ninka's group, and I already knew Ninka because we were collaborating with her in GRC. So that's, that's basically how it uh, proceeded. Um, and naturally, and um, but I think I also have to say I think I mean for me I I, I knew I went to the PG because I I did like research and I think uh, I was a better student when I was doing things in the laboratory and practical that actually just studying for things. So. <laughs> So I thought, I mean, if I'm good at this, maybe the PhD, which is mostly involves actually just uh, practice work, then uh, I'll be better. But I think I also, it is kind of normalizing my family to do the PhD, which uh, I'm not sure how much <laughs> uh, of my own will was in this, uh, in the sense that if it's normalized, because my, my brother did a PhD and is doing the postdoc, my mother did the PhD, my two cousins are doing the PhD or finished the PhD, uh, my, my yeah, grandfather and my uncle are professors, so it's also, I feel like, I don't know if I ever, like, consider other pathways. I'll <laughs> be probably judged. And also because I'm the only girl, like, in this generation right now, so if I was the only one not doing the PhD, I'm, I'm afraid of what that would uh, settle for, uh, what that, that would say. No, but uh, I think it actually, there's been going, I think, quite nicely. And I think a lot of the things were exactly that, as I thought, in a sense, like, I think I learned a lot and uh, about the scientific part, but again, also management and uh, how to communicate with other scientists. And of course, I think that there was a lot of challenges. I think besides the normal challenges of a PhD, I think exactly like the fact that you're in another country, in this case, I maintain a relationship in the distance. And uh, I think we also have a pandemic, which I think is not super traditional. So I, it was interesting to, to get all of this working in the middle of this. But uh, I think also in the end, you get much more trust that things will, uh, that you can do things. And uh, and that um, that you can uh, realize the projects, and I think basically you have more resilience in the end. I mean, at least I can say in my case, I created more resilience uh, because I think if you keep going and keep making the effort, if things not going, you will find something in the end. And of of course, like also having like a supportive team and having supportive uh, family. Um, 
But I think because of all of this, I mean, my idea for now, it is meant to maintain myself in academia, I think, uh, to do research at least. So uh, the idea is to probably start a postdoc in January, if I can do my PhD in time. Uh, actually keep working on this area, toxicokinetics. And uh, because basically I think it, it's such a complex area and there's so much to learn that I, I would really be happy that I actually I can keep growing and just uh, building stuff in this uh, area. I, I don't completely know if I, if I will stay in academia forever, but I think even if eventually I go to regulation or something, I think all of what I'm learning now, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, um, they're great skills, I think. Yeah. Well, thanks, Susanna. I, th I don't think you have a typical uh, family situation. No. I, 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 I have one cousin who did a PhD. And I, no, it uh, doesn't help. And my boyfriend is also doing the PhD. I mean, it's it's very tricky. I don't know what I would talk with people, actually. My, my, da my dad's father. So so my, my, my family uh, originated from the west of Ireland. And the idea in the west of Ireland was, you know, if you had, if you, you were lucky, if you had a priest, and a doctor in the family and my granddad was a bit disappointed my my, my dad's dad when we came out two of his grandchildren had phds because he said what what's the point of this doctorate because you can't even make a prescription <laughs> yeah it seems very uh we call it like uh um, elite that a uh, use, useless elite right <laughs> let's let's see if we can uh, engage the rest which they don't have their cameras on but uh anna are you available to give your insights Ah, there you are. Okay, uh, so Anna comes all the way from Cuba, which I guess is a, a particularly cultural shock uh, moving to Italy, maybe. I don't know. You, you, you say, Anna, go ahead. <laughs> this is quite funny. I, this was your uh, idea or, or was it Ivo's idea uh, to ask me? Ivo has been insisting. So, no, no, we, we, want, we wanted to ask all of the PhDs who are on the call. So uh, if you can give any insight. Why did you do a PhD and why a Marie Curie? Let's, let's focus on those two things. Wow, uh, good question. So it's uh, at least for me, it's really hard to answer that question. So um, yes, I'm coming from Cuba. I was in Italy. So my project was in Italy. I, the reason because I did a PhD was because I, I was in love of science. So that was my main motivation. From where I was at the university, I always was clear about that. And actually I was always clear that I didn't want work in a lab. So that's the reason because I chose to work uh, this in silico tools uh, from the beginning when I was I suppose second year of university. And then, of course, I remember when I graduated, I started to search for a PhD. And uh, it was quite hard because to search a PhD, you need to have internet. So I didn't have internet at that time. And I remember I had 200 megabytes uh, per week of internet. So I, didn't, I wasn't able even to open the um, links. So I was only like doing uh, Google and something. And then reading only this small, uh, you know, uh, chat and uh, looking if there was something interesting. Well, and well, that just, was, to, just to clarify, you had internet, just a very little a bit. 200 megawatts per week, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? So uh, that was one of the... <laughs> One of the main problems I had at the beginning, I remember I, I was encouraged to apply for a PhD here in Europe. It's 
quite funny because I never considered the op uh, possibility to apply for a, for a PhD in the uh, USA. That was closer option, let's say. Uh, at the same time, I was thinking that it I was more uh, it could be more accessible for me only if I applied for a PhD in America, Latin America or something like that. But then one of my tutors that uh, he did a PhD in uh, Belgium and he was at the USA, he said to me, he sent me a link. Finally, I got a link and he said, apply to this PhD. And I even doesn't know what was, uh, didn't know what was uh, Marie Curie Fellowship. And uh, I didn't know the big change I was uh, in front of my life, you know. And then um, I forgot completely that application. I never considered the option to do an interview or something like that. So a few months later, when I received, I received the, the invitation of Emilio asking me for an interview, I was without words. I did an interview in the street, in a park of my city, uh, with a Wi-Fi connection, let's say. And, and with that, uh, that Wi-Fi connection, I remember I was at the street without any place where to sit. So I sit on the uh, floor. There were a lot of people coming around me. There was everything, the traffic, autos, uh, motors. So everything it was really hard to do this interview. And I remember Emilio only was saying to me like, sorry, I can't help you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And I was, oh my God, what I will do. So when I finished that interview, I was thinking, okay, this, this story finished here for sure. But no, later he what, said, what, I will call you. What language did you do the interview in English, I assume? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what language, <laughs> English, English. And actually it was really hard though because I didn't understand Emilio's accent. He was so Italian, like toxic or not. So, <laughs> so it was really hard to understand. Well, you must have impressed. Um... But yes, it was wonderful. Then I got in this uh, position, you know, came here in Europe. It was wonderful. 8,000 kilometers from my family, four years here. Only one time I have been in my country since I came. And... Uh, that is also to do a PhD. It's a change of life. I, I leave everything. I am really glad to about the decision I took. I got a lot of opportunities. I could say that I I got the I did the dream of my life that was always to travel here in Europe. Actually, I have been majority of European countries just now. I have met all you, uh, met all you in this uh, multicultural environment, uh, learn new languages. So a lot of opportunities. Actually, I call the Marie Curie project like uh, I call like all-inclusive project. <laughs> it was wonderful. We had a lot of opportunities. Nobody had that kind of opportunities to uh, take courses, uh, workshops, uh, um, conference, congress, uh, uh, the material for workers so or to have PC uh, and everything for your job. Uh, so resources, funding. So it was all that, uh, all the opportunities I got to have an internship at L'Oreal company that I never imagined that in my life, you know. Then to go to Liverpool to have the internship there, just now I am doing this internship at ECA. So what can I say? It has been wonderful. They have changed my life and uh, my family's, family's life in all the sense. So it is Wait, are, you, are you at ECA or EFSA? ECA. ECA, oh, okay, I thought you were at EFSA. Um, <laughs> 
So I'm just I'm just looking at the clock, uh, uh, Anna. Um, so I, th thank you very much. I just wonder if Liaris, are you available to say some words? Yes, sure. So Liaris is, an, is another one. In fact, the, the next the next one as well possibly uh, comes outside of Europe. So Liaris, tell us why you applied and, uh, and a little bit about your experience. Okay, um, okay, I'm Liaris. Uh, I've come from Colombia. Uh, at the moment, when I applied for this Marie Curie position, I was living in Italy. I did my, my master's degree there. And uh, why did I choose to do a PhD? Well, uh, I guess uh, doing research is my passion. I've, I was pursuing to do a PhD uh, for uh, so many years, basically after I finished my undergraduate degree. And I guess I should be uh, really thankful to my mentor at that time because he introduced me to the field of uh, computational chemistry. And um, somehow he put the idea in my mind that uh, I, I could do it, that why not? He showed me the path uh, in that uh, research group I was working. And uh, there I discovered that doing research is something I really enjoy and that is something I would like to do uh, for the rest of my life, uh, if I can say now. So that was uh, my motivation. And I can confirm after so many years and especially after these four years of the PhD that I haven't changed my mind. It's still something I really enjoy doing it. And I'm so happy uh, that I got this opportunity because as my colleagues have already said before, it's a wonderful experience that not everybody that joins a PhD has. We have a, a multicultural environment. We have so many opportunities of traveling to different institutions to receive a, a training. Uh, we have the possibility to join so many different uh, conference, conferences and congress. So it's a, it's a very interesting experience, not just uh, as Sarah mentioned at the beginning, and I agree, I totally agree with her, because the growth is not just uh, scientifically or academically, it's also personal growth that comes with all this uh, bunch of experiences we have, we have been put uh, through these years. Also um, learning how to work with uh, so many different people, with different backgrounds from different uh, culture. This, this also uh, contributes a lot to your personal and to your uh, scientific growth. So I'm very thankful to Mariana that she gave me the opportunity to join this, this PhD because definitely it has changed my life in, in all senses. So I'm so happy for that, for my decision at the moment. Thanks, Liaris. Thanks, Liaris. So I see that uh, Vijas uh, joined us. If I'm not mistaken, she's back in India currently. So Vija, yeah. share with uh, us your experience. Uh, yeah, um, I, I actually don't know where to begin uh, because um, I didn't specifically want to do a PhD in the beginning, but however, I, I just wanted to travel to travel to Europe uh, to see Europe. Uh, but I was I was very sure that I have to stick to the field of toxicology because 
uh, I did an internship after my master's. My, the, my master's was in industrial biotechnology, wherein I studied mostly chemistry and uh, uh, and uh, food processing and so on. But uh, when I did an internship, it, it was a complete switch to cell culture and toxicology and uh, kidney. And uh, that, that got me excited. So um, I really enjoyed doing uh, data analysis and uh, enjoy working with kidney cells for some reasons. Uh, I still love it. So it's something that uh, made me to go to the lab to just to see the cells for some, some days. So uh, that's when I decided that uh, I should continue in the field of tox toxicology and uh, more specifically, I was looking at nephrotoxicology. Uh, to so uh, I just, I remember searching for those keywords. So I didn't even consider looking into other opportunities. So I just searched for kidney and then I searched for toxicology and false lab came up. So, and I saw a tiny little post on the, on the left, I think right side of his web page. So I, I, I didn't know, I've heard about Mercury, but I, I didn't completely know uh, what are the benefits that comes out of Mary Curie? But, but right now, I'm really glad I did that because uh, uh, that was my second option. I didn't uh, initially want to apply for the position, even though it, it fits in perfectly well. I, I, I thought it was a complete uh, repetition of my previous work, but I, I was wrong. So, uh, and I'm glad that I was wrong uh, because uh, apart from the technical things that you learn from a PhD, as everybody mentioned, I've seen a personal growth in me, uh, definitely from you know, all the stressful situation you have gone through, all the all the madness you did. So uh, everything has uh, has improved me in in uh, in a good way, I, I assume. So uh, personally, I like it uh, from what I was in in the first year and what I am right now. I am definitely seeing a personal growth. So uh, that's something I'm really really happy about and uh, or. All the thanks to uh, Paul so for hiring me, uh, and I, I, I've also been uh, uh, I, I made uh, uh, in those situations as well. I went to him in those situations, so uh, and uh, he handled me well. So he handled the situation very well, and I I learned from him on on how to behave in certain situations. So it's it's really it's really wonderful. So each of you has uh, has taught me something. So I I, I took I, I'm I'm really glad to be in, be part of such a wonderful group because I, I don't think anybody uh, in the Mercury that I known so far has got this uh, in, in, you know uh, very good collaborative effect. So it's it's very lovely. So thanks to you all for. <laughs> For, for for being a part of my <laughs> my life and uh, it's been amazing I, I moved from India to Europe and it, it was a cultural shock even though I was in US uh, it's completely it was completely new but I still I still had a, a amazing memory it's all because of you so thanks to each one of you here um, yeah th thanks Vijay um, and thanks for some nice words um, um, so, I mean, I, my, my question at the beginning was kind of, um, were, you, were you glad you did it? And I, I think everybody so far, <laughs> at least enjoy I mean, the experience. Is, oh, we wouldn't tell you. <laughs> well, I hope you would, because I mean, the experience is not easy um, anyway to do a PhD because it's tough. 
Uh, and then to move uh, is tough. And then to move very far away from home, and then we had the COVID. And sometimes experiments, well, most mostly experiments don't work as you envisage. So it's it's not an easy experience in any case. So very quickly, um, so to 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 the to the PhD students, um, would you recommend to to do a PhD to a younger sibling? I think Susanna would because would be <laughs> <laughs> it's mandatory. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, seems to be a, a yeah. Seems to be. Important. I have two younger siblings, but they have. Uh... 19 years different so uh, I think maybe I don't know by their time maybe everything is different because <laughs> I think also the PhD uh, changed a lot I know I have the idea I know like how my mother did the PhD and it was very different I mean she did the PhD working with two kids and uh, so I think it was a very different uh, well maybe in Portugal so is there anybody who would not recommend doing a PhD well um so I mean Christian here um um, I don't. I would definitely uh, advise people to think hard about whether to do PhD. I definitely don't think it's an automatic thing. And as I said, for me, um, this is the only PhD that I would have done this type of very, let's say, intense collaborative PhD where a lot of things is happening. So I don't think that uh, going for PhD is an automatic thing uh, at all. I think. Because I see many people, and I, we discuss this a lot of times, I think, uh, um, I see many people who do PhD just automatically because they don't know what to do with their life and they are just, okay, I'll do PhD. Uh, so I don't think that's a good uh, decision. But um, I mean, for this type of, I mean, let's be honest, as I mentioned, this is probably one of the best possible uh, ways to do PhD with a lot of uh, collaboration, a lot of uh, new skills, a lot of new interactions and um, regular PhD is uh, something people need to think about. At least that's what I think. I, I tend to agree with you, Christian, that, that, that this is a little bit different than, than a regular PhD because of the, the, um, the integration and the collaboration. Uh, because it's traditionally, or at least in my opinion, it's it's traditionally kind of thought of if you if you do a PhD, which is not necessarily correct either, if you do a PhD that you would stay or at least attempt to stay in academia. Um, and I don't think this was the impression I had from uh, in this project. I think people might still have an open mind if they want to stay in academia or go to. Uh, the commercial world or even start their own companies so um so who so Susanna, i think no it wasn't it was carolina said that you definitely would like to to move to the, the, the more commercial world right and yes. and the company and I, do, you I, think, do you think though i mean try and keep on on the topic of of, of this kind of an integrative phd um do you think that that then moving on uh in, into um a, a more non-academic branch of, of the employment uh, sector, has this PhD given you those skill sets, you think? Would you have an advantage? Well, uh, I think yes. It, that's why I wanted to do this particular program. Not in three, in, in but Marie Curie. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. There's this, so for example, I'm in a university, but Zara is in a company. So even though I don't have the, I don't have, I'm not there working. I can see through her what it's like to work in a company doing research. So I, even though I don't have the direct um, experience, I can see through the others. And in the end, 
uh, we also work with deadlines. We also work talking with people. It's very collaborative, as Christian has said. And that's what industry is asking for, is people that can communicate within pairs and people that don't necessarily work in the same things. We need to be able to communicate. And if we learn something in this project was to communicate. And I mean, I I also had the opportunity to go to L'Oreal and to see a, a company working. So I think it's, it's you have always... So it depends on how we will do the, the PhD. I entered with the idea, okay, I want I will do this in academia, but then I want to move. So I took as much advantage as I as I could from it to help me in my future. And then just to add a note about if I would uh, tell my youngest sibling to, to do a PhD, if he wanted to do a PhD, yes, I would support him. But if he is realizing what is to do a PhD. Because if it's just to say that he has a PhD, then I'm sorry, but that's not a good reason. <laughs> and But if he wants, if he if it will help him for his future, yes. Yeah, I think I think the, the motivation, you, you really need to, to ask them. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bad case because I, I just did it because I didn't have any opportunities. <laughs> I was simply asked one day and I said, okay. Um, uh, which is which is fine too. It worked out, I guess. Uh, Sarah, uh, you you're interesting for me because you 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 did your PhD in an SME, and I guess you have you have your own uh, thing you want to say. But also, I'd like to hear. Do you think that's an advantage or a disadvantage? Um, uh, but yes. go ahead. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to say at first about telling to people if they want to do a PhD or not. I would say if you can do it because it's not easy and also at the first year of my PhD I was always asked myself asking myself is it really worth doing PhD is it does it really have a progress or impact in my life what's the difference if I was working in this company that I'm doing my PhD or doing a PhD here but now I can say that there was a really big difference because there has been some moments that you have been the only responsible person for something which happened. And this could change your project, your maybe even your life. And these hard moments were the moments that really helped me grow myself. And now as I can compare myself to myself three years ago, it's not only about the skills I learned, it's about to be critical and it's about how to be able to handle some situations, which I'm sure that would be really, really helpful for my future careers. So this was from the first thing about working in SME. Actually, I, you know that I'm so lucky. So in my case, I, I, yeah, I was so lucky. So I don't know if all the SMEs are like this and the, the bosses are this nice but for me it was a really advantage I mean I didn't do my PhD never in university but when I compare yes I understand that sometimes I'm missing the university atmosphere because I'm missing maybe some uh, journal clubs that we have that we are reading papers maybe sometimes I'm a bit far from it I'm missing some university atmosphere with other PhD students, maybe talking more about the progress in a specific field of study that I'm doing my PhD. But on the other hand, 
I learned how to handle some situations alone because I was alone, the only PhD student. And I was working with my bosses who they were students and they were successful to open a company with their ideas, which helped me a lot to grow to how, yeah. So with that experience now, uh, would you, in your next steps, would you, would you think now to, uh, like the idea to stay on, on this small commercial level, which is a real challenge, you know, to stay at, at, at an SME level or to move on to a bigger company or or actually to go and look for a postdoc somewhere. What, what would your, you don't have to be specific, but what, what yeah. was your ide- ideology on that? Yeah, actually the, the next step of my decision won't be to do a postdoc, but what I'm thinking, because I thought a lot about going to a bigger company, in a big industrial company, but then I thought because of some ideas that I had that I still have to make the ideas work with my bosses, I decided to stay with people who I know that I can trust them and they trust me. And then together we can make bigger moves, movements. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe together you can develop a new SME where you're, you're the chair. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Bring in some investment. Um, just to go back to, just to bring Evo in here, because Evo um, also had a similar experience because you were, you were at an SME. Well, not, no, not a yeah. similar experience, but the same setting that you're in an SME, but in England. Yeah. Um, what what do, you th- do you think that's an advantage or disadvantage? I guess it depends on the person, and, and the, but go ahead. Well, for me, in my case, I can say it was a major advantage because when I started my PhD, there were only three people in the company. So my That's PhD, a small SME. It's a small SME, but <laughs> today, today there, there are 30 people. So it, it so massively it's grew. It's a big SME. Now. Yeah, it, it, it massively grew over the, the PhD period. And uh, it kind of gave a focus to my PhD to make a product for them. So there was a there was always the commercial side of it, and I could see how the company grew, what they did, what is important and what isn't, in this aspect, and uh, I actually really liked it, which is why I continued uh, in in this side. Like I started the company in Three Solutions, and uh, yeah, for me it was definitely way better than doing it just in in academia, because I was in in between both actually. It was a part academic lab and part SME. So, will, will your company, um, uh, if if it uh, survives the nascent years, will, will would you take uh, Marie Curie students? Of course, I would love that. <laughs> if I ever have the opportunity to have a excellent, I should have. I, we should, Max, we should have uh, uh, patented the name and sold them to me. <laughs> so that was a mistake. Um, so I guess we're exhausting it. Max or Mariana, would you like to say anything? It was also a pleasure to collaborate in this project also for the PIs, I think, not just for uh, PhD students. Yeah. And it was uh, really nice to give opportunity to all uh, to all these young people. <clears throat> that would be all. Thanks, Mariana. Okay, the last words are with you, Max, and unless one yeah. of these here has something really important to say. I don't see any hands up. Oh. Yeah, uh, it might not uh, sound like it for the people who's going to listen to the podcast, but this podcast will be the very last podcast we recorded of the very last meeting of the entry. 
And based on that, I will invite every single one of you to join Paul and myself uh, for recording another podcast in one year by now, because uh, I have planned to visit Paul anyway, as I do every single year in July. And I'll do that next year. And next year, I will invite you uh, to join us for recording a podcast, which will be a follow-up on uh, what happened next. What did they become? Did they all graduated? Did Ivo finally shave his ridiculous mustache? <laughs> Follow us in the next episode to know the truth.